This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Ah, yes, episode 27, Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and Luke Matrinko joining us today. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, guys. Hey, good to be here. How you, how you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. Uh, doing remotely today uh, because uh, we've got, uh, you know, things around the house that have popped up and uh, gentlemen's here working on those as we speak. But, you know, the joys of uh, home ownership, which uh, I knew eventually things would start to pop up, you know, after you move in. And, you know, we're we're dealing with them, but thankfully nothing major. So I, I have that to thank my uh, my lucky stars, at least right now. You know, I got to give you props because you you know that you, the hairy homeowner, should not be doing anything around the house to fix anything. Correct. <laughs> you, you leave it to the professionals. Yes, indeed I do. Indeed I do. Now, what I'm a professional at is house cleaning. And my in-laws were in from Florida last week. And then, of course, prior to that, uh, I had my mom, my mother-in-law, my sister. We got a little bit of a break in between them and my in-laws, but they were here for a week. So Saturday I spent all day head-to-toe cleaning the entire house, including steam cleaning carpets. And uh, I was one tired puppy Saturday night. But that that I know how to do very well. But you're right. Everything else that requires screwdrivers and uh, all sorts of tape measures and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I, I leave to the experts. Luke's looking for work if you need a, if you need a handyman. Can you do that stuff? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you just failed your first interview. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking for maybe. Yeah, that, that doesn't uh, exactly inspire confidence, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this portion of Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, is brought to you by our friends at Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and shingle master roofers take care of your home or business today. More information at midshoreexteriors.com. They're also giving away a free roof you have until the end of February to get uh, your entry in. Go to MidshoreExteriors.com and you can fill out the information and uh, tell your story. And they're going to pick somebody here from the shore to give away a free roof. 100% free, which I think is an amazing thing that they're doing. Again, that's MidshoreExteriors.com. So uh, we announced last week, uh, thanks to all those, by the way, that listened to Brian Sofanowski, a new head coach of the Ken Island Buccaneers, or renewed head coach of the Ken Island Buccaneers. Uh, a lot of you listened, and uh, we appreciate that. When we see those numbers go up, it makes us feel like, oh, 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 so so people are listening. So, <laughs> And we do appreciate that. We announced that we would have Isaiah Taylor with us from Y High this week, and uh, just trying to catch him is like a blind guy trying to catch a, a, a chicken with his head cut off. It just it hasn't been possible this week. Um, so we've struggled to uh, hook up with him. I'm hoping at some point before we get off the air today that we'll be able to get him. But uh, as of right now, uh, we won't be talking to Isaiah, and we'll we'll get him scheduled for coming up uh, in the, uh, the you know, coming weeks or so. Uh, but we we will stick to our promise of a female sports report next Monday right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. And uh, so, Mike, uh, it's been a crazy week. Um, you know, National Signing Day happened on the 2nd. 
And there wasn't a lot of action from the Midshore signing. Uh, a lot of them did the National Early Signing Day. Plus, there's a lot of juniors coming up that have been heavily recruited from the North Bay side. But down south, my goodness, Decatur and Y High turned into uh, National Signing Day U. Yeah, well, two of the best teams are the Bayside, so no surprise concerning that. Now, those are guys that have to be replaced this upcoming season, so challenges are going to be big for Coach Taylor and Coach Coleman. But you're right, uh, it's great to see those guys be able to go to the next level. As we know, not many players get to play collegiately, so this is really special uh, for the chosen few that get to do that and to see their progress from freshman year to senior year to grow uh, from teenagers to young men, both academically and athletically, and you've feel uh, certainly very happy for them but again no surprise because why high and steven decatur were two of the best in the base side they had some excellent matchups as we know this year both regular season and in the playoffs as well and we certainly wish those young men uh well but uh, it was such a special experience for them as you've seen some of course uh, you know video and to have their parents and grandparents and uh, brothers sisters etc be there with them is uh, obviously a special time as you talked about early signing day in december but the official signing day in february yeah, of course, uh, you know, there were a couple of players that uh, decided uh, to go PWO, which is preferred walk-on. And for those that aren't familiar with preferred walk-on status, uh, you don't get a scholarship, but you're guaranteed a spot on the roster. And you get treated just like all the other student athletes, all the other football players that were recruited. You don't get a scholarship the first year. However, it is possible that you could earn yourself one in the forthcoming years. Yeah, and and uh, you take a look at Ashton Snellsire, the quarterback from Decatur. Now he had received an offer from Frostburg, and we've you know sung the praises of Frostburg. Coach Griffith's son played for Frostburg. They went from Division three to Division two, and they had a really good year this year. I'm not sure if this is their first year D two or or they've been in there a couple of years, but he had an offer from Frostburg. But as it turns out, he decided to do the preferred walk on at Richmond, which is a very good program of the Colonial Athletic Association. Uh, their offensive coordinator, Billy Kosh, was a huge uh, star at Arundel High School in the Western Shore. Uh, his dad, Chris Kosh, at one time is an assistant at Maryland and I think at Delaware as well, among other schools. Uh, so, you know, Ashton, to his credit, is taking more of a chance by going to Richmond than going to Frostburg. But that said, I mean, you give you give him credit for saying, hey, let me, uh, you know, I'm going to take a, a little bit more of a risk here, but I believe in myself and let me go to Richmond where uh, I may, uh, you know, I may not have a scholarship and I'm going to work to to get one of those at a program with all due respect. It's obviously at the D1 level where Frostburg's D2. Yeah, you know, and before we move on to why high, I, I got to give a shout out to Decatur. They had a, a celebration the night of National Signing Day where the coaches and the players that committed and, and anybody else that wanted to be there, they got it to, got together at a local restaurant there in Ocean City, West Ocean City, and they made it quite the production, which I am just it, – it's Jake Coleman. I mean, you and I have talked about building a program and, and building something – that fans can get behind in a community. And damn, I don't think you can get any better than that. 
No, and it's as I've mentioned time and time again, it's the big picture type mentality. So in addition to, of course, the um, football awards dinners and such that they have at end of year football gatherings and all that, they had uh, those that signed uh, collegiately. They had a dinner for them. They also have a huge alumni get together where they're trying to get as many players from previous teams going back to 1970 or 71 through 2021. They're doing a 40 year get together at Fagers Island. Uh, at the end of this month on the 27th on a Sunday, he's building a big thing, just like it's a huge deal in Cambridge as a community. He's doing that there. And I'm hoping that that is going to spawn some of the other communities to latch on and do the same thing. And we know, for instance, Queen Anne's has a strong community there when it comes to football. We know Ken Island as well, but I'm hoping that that'll continue to push other programs uh, to do more as, as best as they can do um, to, to make this uh, such a huge year round venture. But you're right. He's taking what, he did at Cambridge, what was there, and he's uh, now taking that with him to Decatur. Yeah, they're very cool. R.J. Brittingham uh, committing to play uh, at Post University. Uh, Duncan Eli will attend Salisbury in University. We already mentioned about Snellshire uh, going to Richmond. Uh, we've also got uh, Luke Scott, one of the linemen there from Decatur. He's going to be at Salisbury as well. Salisbury picked up a, quite a bit. Uh, Zamir Handy, who we're very familiar with there from Decatur, he's going to Frostburg. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, then you have uh, uh, J.M. Bennett's Akeem Howe, the running back. We didn't, we didn't cover any of the uh, J.M. Bennett games this year, but there weren't many overtime live studio shows that went by without a mention of Howe's performance. Yeah, correct. And uh, we know they had a, a tough year, but that doesn't mean that there weren't some standout players on that team. And uh, as we mentioned, there were 11 to 13 seniors on that team. And uh, he certainly made the most, uh, despite the tough year that they had, the most of you know his opportunity. And again, if you're good, they'll find you. You know Whether uh, you think that you're at a, at a very small school, very small program, or one that's not having a good year, they're still going to find you. You know They're guys that uh, now, with technology and such, uh, it's easier to find these guys. And uh, there's a spot if you're good. Yeah, and Hal, by the way, is going to be playing at St. Thomas Aquinas College where he's going to be part of, they play sprint football there. And sprint football has a weight limit. So you've got to maintain a weight of 172 pounds or less and a minimum of 5% body fat to be able to, able to play sprint football there, which I, I think is cool. And, and post, in fact, I think it was post, if I remember correctly, they also were sprint football last year. Uh, for the first year, and now they are they've moved up uh, in the uh, category they're going to be playing at D two level uh, this year with with tackle football. Uh, there is one um, Parkside player that also committed uh, that was to Chowan University, and uh, that's uh, Dadrian Williams, and uh, announcing his decision as well, uh, which we we think is fantastic. Easton, by the way, did send a swimmer. Uh, David Gardner is going to be. Uh, swimming at Salisbury University. He's coming from Easton. So uh, yeah. congratulations to all those. And we said that we would mention the Y High players. Right. Uh, you know, they, they they had a few signed their national letters of intent. Uh, Lennox Cox, who was an outstanding lineman, um, he is actually going to play at Southern Utah University um, for uh, Coach Delaine Fitzgerald, who was at Frostburg. And uh, so Lennox is going west. Uh, Norwood Desir, uh, a great offensive lineman. 
Um, he is our defensive lineman, rather. He's going to be playing at the University of Richmond, which is great. And, you know, he'll be there with Snellshire. And then the coolest name in football, Malachi Mazzetti. Um, he's going to be going to Aurora University in Illinois to get his college education and to play football there. So congratulations to all of those student-athletes. I'm still waiting to see where uh, Chase Freeman's going to go. I've been uh, following along with him a lot on Twitter, and I've seen he's gotten a lot of offers, but I know he hasn't made a decision yet. Yeah, so. yeah and he's a stud. You know? Oh, yeah, and he's doing the same thing on the basketball court now, yeah. too. So Yeah, yeah. And he's missed, he's missed everything on the football field. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, where he ends up. He's had a ton of offers. And, and I think we can – I'm excited about looking towards the 2023 class because, man, we got some studs in that class as well. Kevin O'Connor won. Uh, you know, he's been going all over the place. And uh, you you got uh, Bryce, uh, Bryce Coleman also in that group and uh, Murgot also in that group. They've been traveling around and going to uh, different colleges, and you see them in, uh, you know, I saw them at Virginia Tech. I was like, yeah, there you go. Uh, they were Virginia. They were JMU. Uh, you know, and the thing is, is, you know, one thing you see missing here is Maryland. You don't see any of these kids talking about going to play football in Maryland. Well, that said, uh, Maryland has uh, recruited a number of players in state, though, Mark. Uh, a lot in the DMV area. You don't see a lot from the Eastern Shore necessarily, but Loxley has locked up a lot of guys. In fact, uh, believe of this 22 class, four of the top 10 players in the state um, are, are going to Maryland. Yeah, so. and I get it, but they're not from the Eastern Shore. And, you know, whereas you have, you know, J.C. Price from uh, from uh, um, from Virginia Tech, he, he actually came here to the shore and made a tour through the schools. Uh, the same thing can be said. JMU did the same thing, and you see a lot of other coaches uh, doing that. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it progresses uh, for all of these kids. And, yeah, we're what uh, here we are in what February. So we start at the end of August. So we are six months away from our 14th year of overtime live on 94.3 Winks FM. Yeah, I was just thinking about that earlier today is that, uh, you know, I want to sit down and, and before we uh, we get too close to uh, August, you know, sit down and go over some of these rosters and know, you know, who's coming back and what teams have what. I think we have a little bit of an idea of, of who some of the top teams are going to be, but uh, that's something I need to research a little bit more. But the plan is to be able to get out to at least one summer practice for each of these teams in the month of August. I was able to get out to four or five, uh, some of which were scrimmages uh, during August, uh, which was a first for us. So I want to continue that and, and at least build upon that, if not get to all of them uh, this summer before the season starts and really enjoyed the time that I was at the practices uh, last August. Absolutely. Mike Bradley will be doing that. And of course, we'll have our preview show at the end of August and then our uh, overtime line, Preston Ford game of the week. The number one game of the year will take off on the 2nd of September. We'll be back to talk more basketball coming up right here on Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. The instant offer event is going on strong at the Preston Automotive Group. If you want an instant offer for your vehicle, we'll give one to you on the spot. Or if you send us the VIN number, and vehicle mileage, we can give you an instant offer and come pick up the vehicle from you with no purchase necessary. Get a check in just minutes and get an instant offer from any of our Preston Automotive Group locations for your best deal on your trade or just selling your vehicle 
Preston Automotive Group is the way to go during the instant offer event. Uh, this portion of Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group is sponsored by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at the 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park. Now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. We're going to try and get Luke over to the Edge Arena to uh, catch up with some uh, lacrosse action. The high school teams are uh, getting involved with their winter lacrosse league there. Uh, the boys, they play pretty much on uh, Saturday evenings, and the girls, they're playing Sunday mornings. So uh, we're going to try and get Luke out there uh, to cover some for our ShoresportsMD.com website. Check it out if you haven't done it yet. And uh, we put a lot of information. Luke's been working hard. And, and, and Luke's been making it around to a lot of the local high school basketball games. And, boy, I tell you what, I think the, you know, Luke, the the race for the uh, top standings in, in the Bayside, in fact, uh, for boys basketball, you know, looking at them first has been my gosh, you don't know who's going to win the North because it's so close with with Ken Island and Queen Anne's. Right, yeah. Um, overall, this year has actually been pretty unbelievable. My first year covering uh, the Bayside for basketball. It's been really great. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to the North right now, there's a three-team ga- uh, three race right now. I would say Queen Anne's is on edge right now. I believe it says right there they're 14-1 and one on the season. Yeah, 11-1 and one in, the, in the North Conference, yeah. And then Ken Island's one game behind. They're I would say they're a half game behind because they beat them at Queen Anne's a, c- a couple weeks ago. And Easton's got uh, Ken Island tonight, which is going to be a really big game to see what the North is going to end up. So Yeah, they play on Monday night. Of course, you'll be hearing this on Tuesday, so the results will already be up. But uh, I-, I tell you, it was, it was a one-point victory uh, for Ken Island over Easton the last time they played uh, this past Friday night. So... Uh, it, it's some good competition, and, and Mike, when you sit there and you you look at some of the rosters on these teams, uh, you know for for Queen Anne's, you know KJ Smothers uh, leading the way for them, and uh, for Easton, Kevin O'Connor, one of the leaders on that team, Ken Island, Ravenbush, the tight end from Ken Island's football team, uh, Belazari from Cambridge leading the way, Cambridge having a good year as well. You know these are names that you hear that these guys are getting it done on the basketball court as well. And I'm really glad to see that because we've gotten to a point in sports where a lot of players today are playing just one sport. And I really don't encourage that. I encourage uh, guys to play as many sports as they can uh, to be able to you know, stay not only in, in some sort of shape year round uh, by playing multiple sports, but it just makes you, I think, better athletically and using you know, different muscles and uh, just uh, different things that you're doing. I just I very much encourage that. I think anybody that says, oh, you need to just focus on one sport. Yeah, I, I understand to some extent where they're coming from. But ultimately, I think if you can play multiple sports, I think it uh, it's much better for you. And if if you're if you're a coach and you're encouraging that, I'm 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 happy to hear that. And some are, some don't. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Luke has seen more of the Southern Bayside teams than any of us boys wise. And you know why High's got one loss this year, and it came at the hands of Jay and Bennett. Yeah. And Bennett's right there behind them, and they'll play again coming up real soon. But I tell you, you know, 
is there anybody, you know, did Y High have an off night that night, or is Jay and Bennett really that good? Um, so from what I've heard from uh, some sources down in the South is Bennett, in the beginning of the season, had three guys on their team that were supposedly their best three players were out for a lot of December. I'm not sure if it was sickness or if they just didn't make grades, but they've gotten these guys back, and because of that, they look so much better than they did back in December. So They're sitting on a 9-3 and overall record, 8-2 and uh, in the South Bayside Conference. They're really going to come down to to those two parkside also having a, a strong year but much like in the north you've got players you know jace freeman you know he did the absolute stud uh from the football team why high leading the way um for the why high indians and you know snow hill Stephen decatur uh, decatur's good i just don't think they're consistent yeah, I, I, I would definitely agree with that. They have some talent, um, but they, they just can't. I don't think they can compete with Parkside, I would want to say, is very underrated. Um, I think they got a lot of athletes, and if they, they're making shots at any night, they can beat anybody. It'll be that's, what, that's what I think, at least. Um, but with Why High, we're talking about guys playing two-sport athletes. Um, when it came to Why High, they have B.J. Cook that uh-huh. plays uh, sh- uh, small forward. He was the running back. Malik Leatherberry, the great wide receiver and uh, return guy. He's the point guard. And then Chase Freeman and a couple other guys like that. So it is cool to see two sport athletes like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Mike, he's going to, you know, Mike is, uh, he took care of the uh, player of the year stuff for football. And Luke's going to take care of the stuff for basketball. And uh, I, I think we, we're setting up for a pretty exciting Bayside Championship game that's coming up uh, later on this month. And, uh, and then, of course, the playoffs start. It's hard to believe we're less than a month away from the start of the spring sports season. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's flowing along. And if you remember what we had basketball a couple of years ago that made it all the way to the state semis and then, you know, got cut off. And then the next year we thought there was going to be winter sports and then there wasn't. And right. so it's good to see that uh, we've got a, a season here, but it is uh, flying by and before you know it, you'll hear the uh, the sound of bats and baseballs and softballs and such. Yeah, let's. Uh, we don't want to leave the girls out. Girls basketball. Uh, Steven Decatur is the class of the field this year. Um, they have uh, they, they've run the gamut. They they really have, for lack of a better uh, term, I guess. Uh, with the way that they their season's gone, they haven't lost a game yet. Uh, they beat Parkside. Um, and they did so, it was 68-62. And in that game, uh, Amanda Ballard, who was the leading scorer for, uh, for, Park, uh, for Parkside, she scored 41 in that game. And then it was, uh, I think, 38 um, from another one of the it was uh, it was her name is Nadia Bullock yes. her, uh, number twenty five the yes. point guard she had I think she had thirty four that night yeah so she's an absolute stud as well and then you look at uh, Decatur just came into town with their unbeaten record against previously unbeaten Queen Anne's and they beat Queen Anne's I mean Queen Anne's was within one and then the freshman for Decatur hit two threes Bullock hit a three. And they went on an 18-0 run, and it was night-night. What a what a physical game that was! It really was. <laughs> yeah, you and I were both at that game. But you know, when you look at it and and you see the standings um, for the North, yeah, Queen Anne's right now is 12 and 0 in the Bayside. 
they escaped with a very narrow win over Ken Island the first time they played. And Ken Island's lost two in conference. They've lost one to North Carolina early in the year, and then they lost the one to Queen Anne's. And those two have to play again. But I don't see anybody else that's going to be able to beat Queen Anne's other than maybe Ken Island. And the only reason I give Ken Island a chance is because it's a rivalry game. Those two always seem to play each other tough. You know, but Ken Island's got to try and get by Easton on Wednesday. And Easton's, you know, the third best team out of those three or the second best team out of those three. But Easton hasn't been consistent either. You know, as they've struggled with Queen Anne's. They struggled mightily with Queen Anne's, and they struggled with Ken Island the first time they played them. So it'll be interesting to see how Easton can rebound from that. But I think as far as the North goes, I think it's going to be Queen Anne in the Bayside Championship game. But all bets are off once the playoffs start. Absolutely, and it's going to be interesting to see what these teams decide to do to be able to stop Kendall Moxie down low because that's the biggest thing for Queen Anne's right now, getting her the ball down low and getting her to score a bunch of baskets, and that's how they're winning games right now. they got a lot of good athletes that I'm sure are three-sport athletes that are helping her, but it all runs through her. Michael know this name. What was the guy's name that went to Uh, Queen Anne's and he played – he went to Maryland? Uh, DeMonte, DeMonte Dodd. Dodd. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Dodd, you know, Dale B. Kraft's offense with Demonte Dodd was jack it up from the outside and let Demonte get the rebound. And Demonte was averaging 42 points a game his senior year. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, and... 42? It wow. was 42, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just putback city, you know, and, and that's kind of what, you know, with, with Queen Anne's, they're trying to penetrate and what have you and shoot the ball and Kendall will clean up the boards and will you know get the putbacks and they're starting to try and get her the board the ball on the low block and the thing that Decatur did that really gave them trouble was they were they were playing man to man but they were sending the second guard down to cover the front side of Kendall Moxie. Yeah, you got. I, I got to give credit to. Um, I believe her name is Maya Gardner. She's number yes, twelve on yeah. Stephen Decatur. She did a really good job blocking her out. She's probably she, one of the better defenders. And got in, in the foul trouble. I would say. Yeah, yeah, ended up getting in foul trouble. But yeah, you got to give her credit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think you know the one thing I've talked to Kendall about the the one thing that she does that that I keep trying to break her of her habit is she puts the ball in the ground as soon as she gets it. And teams are knowing that, well, she's, as soon as she gets it, she's going to put the ball on the ground. So they are collapsing on her, trying to take that ball away. You know, so that's one part of her game that she's working on. She's coming up on 1,000 points this week. Uh, should be hitting the 1,000-point break. And uh, she's got uh, almost 600 rebounds, I think, as wow. well in her high school career. And that's from missing a whole school year, right? Or a whole Yeah, a whole they missed season? a whole year. Okay. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. No, I'm just curious when you talk about dominant players. Now, I guess this question is for a dominant player, but not too dominant because if in some cases, if you don't try to double or triple, they're so good and they're so dominant that, you know, it's just Katie barred the door. But I'm curious, Mark, as a former coach, what was your philosophy going in against a team that had 
a star player and then some good, you know, twos and threes. Was it, hey, I'm going to let the, I'll let the star player get theirs, but I'm going to look to shut down the rest of the cast. Or was it, hey, we're going to uh, double and triple team this player and let the other guy or gal step up and, and beat us? You know, it's funny you bring that up because that's one thing that's hurting uh, Queen Anne's. Uh, you know, they have Pender. One, one of the Penders, you know, can score, but they don't have anybody that's going to drain threes on a consistent basis that's going to suck the defense out. Decatur is so athletic, and Decatur was able to get away with, you know, man-to-man defense. There aren't many teams on the shore that are going to play man-to-man defense at the girls' level and be successful with it. As a coach, what I did at North Carolina was, or and at St. Peter and Paul is we played a 1-3-1, but it was an attack 1-3-1 in the sense that I didn't care where that ball was, we had somebody, we had ball pressure. And for us, what we did was we would take our girl that was in the center, usually our big, and she would front the girl that was their dominant post player and try and take her out of the game. Uh, Chastity Hopkins, who was at Colonel Richardson, was very good and very tall, and we frustrated the hell out of her by fronting her and making her go out into the short corner or go out of the paint area because that wasn't her game. You know, there are some teams where it doesn't matter what you're going to do. They just have so many. At least it was a perfect case you know, scenario. If they're well coached and know how to move the ball and set screens, even on a zone defense, right, right. You, you know, that's you really kind of you, you struggle. Um, but for somebody like me coaching against a, a Kendall Moxie, we would front her and then we would have the backside guard that dropped to be there for over-the-top passes and try and cause, you know, those turnovers that way. And if if you have three people, you know, it's you, you're going to have to pick your poison, you know. Um, you know, let them beat you from the outside. What's the probable, you know, probability of a layup is a heck of a lot higher than a three-point shot. So, you know, at some point you gotta you got to choose your poison. Yeah, I'm wondering to see what Mike Kern um, ends up doing about that because if I was him, I would start trying to use her maybe as a decoy in a way where basically I saw a lot of times where they were bringing the guard down so they were doubling her. The back door was wide open the entire game. If they can find a way to be able to work it on the other side and kind of use her as a decoy, it could definitely help them to beat Decatur. But Decatur has just so many shooters. They're an unbelievable team this year. Well, and I'm curious, guys, because uh, of of some of the smaller schools, you know, and certainly then on football teams. But we know over the years, Mardella Springs, Pocomoke, Snow Hill sometimes have have multiple times made runs and strong runs in the state tournament, won championships or gotten to the game. Are they all down this year? Yeah. Yeah. To be honest with you, Mm -hmm. if your name is not Decatur, Queen Anne, Parkside, Ken Island, Easton, you're you're down. I mean, looking at the standings right now, uh, Colonel Richardson. And uh, North Carolina six and seven. Colonel Richardson seven and nine. Colonel Richardson will have a pretty good run. Cambridge is ten and five. They're actually having a pretty good year um, in the North Bay side, but that's their overall standings. Uh, but when you, when you look at all of the you know the teams, North Dorchester's yet to win a game. Kent County's won one game. St. Michael's has won three games, which is great for them. When you get down south, Chrisfield hasn't won a game. Washington's only won two. Pocomoke's won five. Uh, you got five wins for J.M. Bennett, five for Snow Hill. And then you have Y High, who's 11-4. and four. Parkside, 7-2. and two. They haven't played all their games. 
And then Stephen Decatur's unbeaten at 13-0. and So that gives you an idea, you know, right there what you're looking at. Um, you know, as far as teams go, it's going to be, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. But, you know, look for Cambridge and maybe Colonel's going to have to play up north uh, in the playoffs, uh, you know, once they get into that section. But, you know, Cambridge should have a pretty good run uh, to the regional final in the 1A. And now this year, uh, guys, Easton has a new head coach, did they not? Yeah, Leslie uh, Leslie Staley is the head coach at Easton, and uh, you know they're still feeling each other out, I think, and, and figuring out exactly you know how they're going to play. I mean, she had some big shoes to fill. You know, well, you, I was just going to say that yeah, you beat me to the punch. You, yeah. you can't you can't go in thinking that you're going to be Matt Griffith, you know, when with what he has had, and you know, so I I think that you know, she's done a good job. And she's got talent there. Rachel Lapp, Ashton Finney are are the two biggest names from Easton High School's roster. Um, you know, Moody has done well for them. In North Carolina, they are so young. They're learning how to play the game. Uh, Chloe Esco has been the leader for uh, for them and also uh, uh, Malai Phillips as well. Uh, Ken Island, they got Lily Dossus and... A couple of other players that have had to relearn because if you think about it, a lot of these girls haven't picked up a basketball in three years. Yeah. So, but anyway, well, this portion of Time Out uh, podcast, <laughs> Time Out with Short Sports, is presented by our friends at the Preston Automotive Group, and it's sponsored by 4L Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. For more information, check them out at 4LSeasonsInc.org. And uh, it's Mark Potter and Mike Bradley and Luke Matrinko with us as we break down so much and well, did any of you guys watch the uh, NFL Pro Bowl this weekend? I tried to watch it. It was pretty hard to watch, not oh. going to lie. <laughs> I saw three plays. What about you, Mike? I mean, you live no. in the world of sports. No, not not at all. Not yeah. at all. It's, it's a joke of a game, so I don't, I, yeah. I'm not going to bother mean, I turned it on. I saw three plays, and they were different times because I was watching the, uh, the, the Bush Light Clash. And uh, so I turned it on. And one, Kyle Pitts had a touchdown catch. He took, we walked off the line and cut right and got the ball. Then there was no defending. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. It's pretty the, wild to the, see how much has changed in 15 years when you look back at that hit Sean Taylor had yes, on the punter. Yes. And now it's just two hand touch. It's, uh, it's pretty sad to see. Yeah, I mean, they were blowing the whistle before they tackled them. So just a waste of a game. You know, just make it fun. Put flags on them or do something. Yeah, just it, it was a waste of time. But uh, what about the – did you watch the Bush Light Clash, Mike? I know you're a super race fan. <laughs> no, I did <laughs> Oh, man. The, what, the, I mean, you, the L.A. Coliseum, they put a racetrack in well, the L.A. Cool Coliseum. Well, that is that. Yeah, I yeah. did. I did see that. And I remember the news coming out about that back. Uh, well, when the press release came out, uh, which is cool, and I, I love the kind of having uh, different type of um, 
I'm trying to think of the word, but different venues that is yeah. uh, for races. I guess they did one. What was the one that they did in Tennessee a couple of years ago? Well, that was they had. Um, no, well, no, there was a there was a street race, not for NASCAR, but for the kart series, the IRL series. They raced on the streets of Nashville a couple of years right, ago. Actually, am I thinking of uh, Vatech? Did they do something Vatech? At a foot, didn't they do uh, something no, you, at a football stadium? Well, that was uh, that was done at uh, they they put a football field in the middle of uh, uh, Bristol Speedway, Bristol Motor Speedway. Oh, okay, yeah. so it was the reverse. That's yeah. right. They played football. Okay, at Bristol. Okay, yeah. I'm getting that confused. So, but uh, they they've run a race before inside Soldier Field years ago, back in the fifties. Um, I just I thought it was cool. It was something different. And uh, they had a lot of fans there that got to see racing for the very first time. That if they go to Auto Club Speedway in a couple, you know, next month, that's like 50 minutes away, they're going to see completely different racing. They may not like it, but, um, you know, I thought it was pretty cool that they did that and uh, made for a lot of fun. I mean, I enjoyed it. I sat myself on the TV, on the on, in my chair yesterday, on Sunday rather. At 3 o'clock for the start of the heat races, I was actually there at 2 o'clock so I could watch the whole pre-show and uh, watch the you know the heat races and the last chance qualifiers and the pit bull concert and the, and the ice cube concert and everything that was all in the middle of it. And it was a good time. And for those in full disclosure, you know, I am a race announcer. I grew up around racing and, and I, I enjoy it. And to me, it got stale. But this year, for the first time in a long time, I'm excited about racing, so looking forward to it. Well, Luke, I don't know about you. I, I know for me what has gotten to be more difficult. When I was a kid growing up, guys, I, I used to follow a lot of different sports. I mean, including some racing, uh, both IndyCar and NASCAR. Davey Allison was my favorite NASCAR guy. Uh, Michael Andretti was my favorite Indy guy. I followed uh, tennis a lot, uh, to some extent golf, but not as much. But I followed a lot of different sports. I feel like now, because of the 24-7, 365 media, that I'm so busy just staying up on the NFL, college football, obviously high school football, and we're, you know, we're big contributors with that now. Uh, and then also with, um, with basketball and, uh, and fo- or excuse me, with baseball and, and uh, basketball, that just of those three main sports, I'm so busy just following all that year-round it's tough for me to be able to get into any of the other sports like I used to. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I know when uh, when it comes to college basketball, I find the same thing, trying to figure out all the new names every year, stuff like that. So I definitely agree with that. It is hard to keep up. I've never been a big NASCAR fan. I mean, I always my dad always used to have it on. He's a big Tony Stewart guy. Um, but yeah. Well, this next portion of the podcast is sponsored by our friends at College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. You mentioned players, you know, changing and, and not being able to keep up with stuff and Mike, you're in the business. I mean, it's your job to stay up on all of that. I, I don't know how you do what you do when you get on the air at 105.7 The Fan uh, as Michael Popovic, by the way. It's the same guy. Um, you know, but when you get on the air and do that there, I mean, you sound like you know what the hell you're talking about. Well, I appreciate that. It's... Uh, <laughs> 
It's a lot. I mean, certainly getting press releases into your email box when you sign up for that with some of the major teams, certainly that helps you. But, you know, obviously social media feeds, constantly paying attention to that on your phone. And then while the t- during the time I'm in my car, you know, listening to a lot of different shows and all that, I'm able to you know, keep up enough. And then I'm texting guys a lot uh, that are other media members in certain areas to keep me up to speed. But, you know, in, in our market, it's it's obviously a big football market for the NFL, so there's a lot of attention there. Uh, with baseball season, the Orioles, they're coming back, and, and that'll be big again. Uh, are they? Because I don't know if they're going to play baseball ever again at this rate. <laughs> Oh, they will, but uh, it, it, it'll happen. But, you know, how much damage they do to themselves, that'll be a, a story. But but the bottom line is, is that I, there, there are only so many sports, though, that kind of move the needle, and you have to be careful. So if I spent three hours talking NASCAR, there just wouldn't be an audience for that. If you dabble in that a little bit, you could do that. If you dabble a little bit into golf and tennis, you know, you're okay. So th- 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 a little goes a long way in terms of those sports. So I don't have to be – as up to speed on those, but certainly when it comes to football and when it comes to baseball and then Baltimore isn't as big a college football town, but college basketball. And certainly right now with the turfs looking for a new head coach, that's pretty, uh, you know, a pretty hot button topic right now. And you, you bring up the turps looking for a new head coach, boy, they have fallen off the face of the earth. Haven't they? They have. And uh, a number of things over the years have really caught up with them. But you you thought that this uh, this recruiting, excuse me, you thought that the number of uh, transfers that came in that on paper looked really good. You thought this thing would come together maybe a little bit later than uh, expected initially. But it just it, it, it hasn't. And it's unfortunate. Certainly, if Aaron Wiggins was back this year and he got drafted, kudos to him. You know, that certainly would be a help. Uh, but guys like Kudus Wahab just is not developed enough. Um, one of the big issues for Maryland over the years, they, they don't have enough three-point shooters, consistent three-point shooters, and that's been a problem for them. But this team just has not come together, and obviously the guy that they expected to be their head coach uh, is not there, was only there for a couple of games. Well, I'm excited this Saturday. I'll be at Virginia Tech to watch them take on Syracuse and uh, hoping that we can get a, a chance to talk with Kevin Aluma, who is the uh, grad from Stephen Decatur High School. Uh, he's uh, one of the leading players for the Hokies down there. Uh, looking forward to hopefully uh, getting caught up with him. And then I'm going to watch on Sunday uh, at 1 o'clock a tip-off with North Carolina and the Hokies women's basketball game. You know, I'm a huge women's basketball fan. And uh, North Carolina, 25th ranked in the nation. And the Hokies, they're not ranked, but, boy, they are making noise. And right now it's they're between them and North Carolina for number two and the double bye in the upcoming uh, ACC tournament. So uh, looking forward to seeing that as well. And hopefully I can catch the second half of the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, and Mark, you know how big, uh, in addition to Maryland, and obviously a big Michigan fan that I am, the Michigan women this year. And they, they've always had a pretty good program, mm-hmm. but they're very they're a top 10 program this year. I, I feel like they've taken it to another level this year. Yeah, I tell you, the Big Ten in women's basketball is doing amazing. You have Ohio State right there, Maryland, of course, Michigan having a good run as well. South Carolina's up there, and you're slowly but surely starting to see Connecticut come back into the picture as well as uh, the 
those girls learned how to play uh, too. So, you know, they had some injury issues earlier in the year and uh, really made Gino's job a little tougher than it has been. But uh, What a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Before we put a bow on this, this final segment is brought to you by our friends at Perrette Moy Therapy Associates located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrette and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Perrette Moy Therapy Associates. 410-604-2982. 410-604-2982. I've been saving this for the end, fellas. Hail Ooh. to the Commodores. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so what do you think of the name, Mike? Uh, Ravens fan, Mike. Yeah, I'm still, yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't, uh, does my opinion really count since I'm not a Washington fan? No, I appreciate it. I, I'm kind of in the middle about it right now. I'm certainly glad they kept the colors. I, I and in all seriousness, so ser- when you're rooting for the team, d- d- have, you, you've got to say Commodores. You can't say Commies. That's not gonna. That's not gonna come over well. But, I said the uh, other day on air, let's go Commando. Commando, <laughs> right? And then, and then that's gonna be a joke. So I, I just, I, I, I'm kind of mixed. I'm kind of mixed about it. I mean, I understand the military aspect of Washington D.C., which makes, uh, which makes sense. And again, I'm glad they kept the colors, but. I think, uh, for me personally, I think you got to sell me a little bit more. All right. What about you, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Luke? No, it was kind of funny you bring that up. I was listening to the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and they're all chanting, here we go, commies, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was pretty funny. But I don't know. I um, It's going to take some time to get used to, I think. Um, I personally am not a big fan of it. I'm kind of glad I'm not a Redskins or Commanders fan now to have to deal with that. But, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan. I don't know. What do you think about the jerseys, though? Well, I I love them. I think they're on fire. My son, I already ordered his. It's not going to ship until May 15th. That drives me crazy. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. But I did go over on February 2nd to FedEx Field, and I bought my wife and a son. A you know Commodore T-shirt. They didn't have fat boy sizes, so I didn't get one. Um, <laughs> but I will say, the the name it was the worst kept secret because it's been out for two or three weeks that they were going to be the Commanders. Mm-hmm. You just wondered, you know, was Jason Wright going to come out with something different? Um, but for yeah. me, I I didn't like it at first, but it's kind of grown on me. And really, when you get down to it, what the hell's in a name? Because if the team is winning, then it's not going to matter. Nobody's going to talk about the name if they're winning. If they don't put a winning product on the field, fans aren't going to come back to the stadium anyway. So at this point, you got to go get a quarterback, whoever it is. Pay, take your pick. There, there's a lot of you know rumors out there. Are they going to the draft? Are they going to try and trade for Russell Wilson? Yeah. You know, God, I don't want them to get, uh, you know. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, no, no, I don't <laughs> want Garoppolo. So you're not going to win games with Garoppolo. So, um, you know, but I, I think I, I like it. I, I'm on board. I'm all in. Now give me a winning team that I can cheer for because I want to go back to the days of, you know, when I was growing up, my dad's workplace was right across the street from Redskin Park in Herndon. And, you know, we would go and welcome the team back on the bus. You know, we would stand on the docks of the automotive warehouse where he was, where he worked, and we would cheer for the team as they were leaving, you know, to go to games during the year. The parades in downtown D.C., 
that's what I want to be able to experience. And it's been a mighty long time since we've had that. And But that's what I want. I, I think the interesting thing is because you compare it up the road to Baltimore is that we had 12 years in between having a team. So to go from the Colts to the Ravens, I'm not saying it was easy for the old guard fans, but I think it was a little bit of an easier transition in general because we hadn't had a team for years. And somebody like me, uh, I was three and a half when the Colts left. So I never remember them. Only what I saw, you know, on clips on, on TV of old video and such. I think it's interesting for a fan like yourself, Mark, that has gone from Redskins all these years to Washington football team and now to a third name with commanders. I mean, you're right. Ultimately, it's about the winning and losing. But I think it's certainly going to take a while just as strictly from the name aspect. I think it's going to take a while for the older fans. Obviously, the younger <laughs> fans uh, may, may be a little bit more uh, open to it. But ultimately, yeah, it's about wins and losses. I think the older fans like me, I mean, they're always going to be the Redskins to me. Okay, they're always going to be there. That's just the way it is. And to me as well, even though I'm not a fan, they'll always be Redskins. So they're always going to be Redskins to me. And but you know what? I I accept the fact that, you know, that the the society that we live in now, you know, it was offensive. So, you know, we've changed the Cleveland Indians to the Guardians and we've changed the Redskins to the, the to the commanders. But we still have Chiefs, and we still have Braves, and we still have the... And the the Seminoles as well. And And, and guess what? That's not going to change. I don't think either of those three teams are going to change. And you have the Blackhawks in Chicago. But I don't think that's going to change right now. Yeah, I I think you're right. So it is what it is. I bought in. Let's go, Commanders, and let's get to the Super Bowl at some point. And on one point, Mike, I mean, I think you can admit... That when the Ravens were first named Ravens, not everybody liked that name either. They had to grow on them a little bit. Well, again, I think with the older guard that were Colts fans, sure, because yeah. it, it, they grew up as Colts fans. They're still you know, bitter from the, the Colts leaving, even though it had been 12 years. Uh, so, yeah, there was a matter of adjustment. I think, though, because it had the tie with Edgar Allan Poe, because we had the Orioles on the baseball side, I think it was a little bit easier. Uh, to me, I, with a name – you want to make sure that it sounds professional. You know, if we had gone with, I'm trying to think, the the, the Marooters, the Bombers, those were some of the teams that were being talked yeah. about as names. Those are semi-pro names to me. When I hear Washington Commanders, I don't automatically think semi-pro. That seems to be more on the professional end. So I think that's a good thing just from a uh, somebody on the outside looking in from Washington concerning that. Um, but again, I, I, I've always been a fan of the colors, so I think that's good that they kept them. And you're right, I think a lot of people like the uniforms and all that. But, you know, the interesting thing, Mark, the next day, the headline at ESPN is House Committee you know, investigating the Redskins oh, yeah. or yeah. the Washington franchise. And, and that's, you know, that's of a concern as well. It'll be interesting Well, to the see. concern there is why they're spending so much time on something they can't impact. Isn't there other things in the government that they need to take care of instead of well, worrying about an investigation? Well, that's a different story. I would agree. That's a different story. But the fact that that's the headline the very next day, that just goes to show that there are a lot of issues beyond the name that Washington has to fix, as you well know. And whether or not Dan Snyder agrees to have that report released, that's going to be pretty impactful as well. But, you know, if the NFL was that against Dan Snyder, then they would have tried to have done something to prevent him from buying more ownership of the team, which he did about a year ago. So he owns more of the team now and the majority share than he did uh, over a year ago so he, I, I, don't, he, I don't know if he's going anywhere he's the sole owner of the team and they find he's him the sole owner now? Okay. yeah and they find him 10 million bucks 
So, you know, it. Oh. Well, I know. Yeah. So, you know, does he need to go? Sure. I, I'd be game with a new owner. But, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos, step on up. Let's go. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> is what it is. All right. Well, listen, we need to get out of here. Um, I was going to say, you want to do Super Bowl predictions? What? <laughs> Super Bowl predictions. You want to do, do that? Uh, sure. Who's going <laughs> to win? Well, I don't want both teams to win, to be honest with you, because I'm a Steelers fan. Don't yeah. really want to see the Bengals and you're, you're the Rams are just Cincinnati? an all- I think I'm going to have to because I I don't really like this whole all-star team that I feel like the Rams have built in the past six it's months. Like the so, Yankees. Yeah, so <laughs> I am going to have to uh, root for Joey B. I, I could definitely see him getting it done. Um, it's all up to that O-line, I think. They're, they're going to have a tough game. I should want to root for Cincinnati because it does make the AFC North look better in the fact that, hey, the Ravens lost to him twice. Hey, it's not so bad. But I think at the end of the day, my gut's going to feel I'm going to root against them. But who do I think is going to win? I do like the Rams because I think you could have a replay of last year where you've got a dominant L.A. Rams defensive line against a Cincinnati offensive line that isn't that good. Now, since he found a way to get it done against KC, and KC's got a pretty good pass rush as well, but I like L.A. to edge Cincinnati uh, in, in this one. But, boy, kudos to Burrow, though, no question, his second year. Can he become the first player to win a, a college a national football championship, a Heisman Trophy, and then a Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, he's gotten it done. And the um, theory about Matt Stafford not being able to win in the playoffs, well, that went out the window, didn't it? But uh, well, well, Yes, but, uh, but just remember this, though. If Stafford doesn't win the Super Bowl, he's done no better than Jared Goff. Jared Goff got the Rams to a Super Bowl, too. Yeah, and good point. Good point. And I, I think the defense – is going to be a little too much for Joey B. But, uh, you know, so I'd have to go with the Rams, too. But it, it, let's just hope it's a good game. And, uh, hey, it's not too late for you to step out and see our friends at an Optical Galleria. Three locations to serve you. Downtown Easton, downtown Centerville, and the Tealmarsh Plaza in West Ocean City. That's where you can find the brand-new Hook Optics. They are amazing, and uh, sunglasses there, uh, the fishing season's coming up. They've been great for me in the sun. And by the way, Mike, I don't know if you can see, since you're on Zoom, i got my new glasses on. Yeah, uh, I can see them. Yeah, yeah, and they are super nice, and I uh, want to thank the folks there. Look at this. All right, there's a 45-pound weight hanging on these frames <laughs> at the store in Centerville. They're they're like they said you can't destruct these and I said perfect I'll try so uh, but uh, yeah they are absolutely amazing I can see now I'm looking forward to using them for overtime live this year so uh, again Eisenart.net or HookOptics.com check them out they're local Hook Optics are uh, they're just amazing they are created and developed by you know Nikki and Bob Pino at an optical galleria. They had the lenses made to their own specifications. Uh, the lenses are made in the same uh, plant as the C sunglasses, and uh, they're made to better specifications. If you don't believe me, stop by and try them out for yourself at uh, an optical galleria, West Water Street in Centerville, uh, Harrison, uh, Harrison Road in downtown Easton, and, of course, also in the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City. Gentlemen, let's try this again next week. 
Sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, and we'll be able to we'll get a word with uh, a female sport next week right here on uh, Timeout with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Thanks to you all for listening. Don't forget, check us out online, shoresportsmd.com. Feel free to share and spread the love, and you know, check it out, and feel free to share this uh, podcast too. Let more folks know about it. And uh, for Mike Bradley and Luke Matrinko, I'm Mark Potter saying so long, everybody. We will see you next Tuesday morning starting at 8 o'clock. Time out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.